0: So I feel like I've done that, and um, let's just see what the Lord wants to do today. Amen? Amen. All right. Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready for the word? Get an answer, 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 get an answer. answer. Wonderful. All right. Thank you, Tim. Okay. So, of course, um, we've been in the series, As the World Turns, As the World Turns, and it has been a blessing, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing that has stuck with most of us. Our words create our world. Will you say that with me? Our, our words create our world. One more time. Our words create our world. Our, world. our words create our world. And I I want to continue this series on today, but my approach would be a different approach, just a slight turn, because I recognize that we're calling it all in, that's 2019's decree, that this is the theme, this is the year that we are to call it all in. And we're understanding that the power really rests in that thing in your mouth, which is called our? Very good, class. (laughs) So even last week, last week, if you missed it, Bishop Daniels, oh my gosh, he continued with the series, and he had a different approach, but still the same vein, and he talked about our words of faith being uncensored. In other words, you shouldn't allow your circumstances to uh, deter what the Lord has said is yours. Amen? Amen. Because we can look at our circumstances, and I'm not going to re-preach a sermon, but we can look at our circumstances, and then our mouths come into agreement with that instead of what the word of the Lord says. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's saying that when you have faith, your words should be uncensored, uncensored. You should not be moved by your circumstances, okay? But here's where I want to pick up on today, and here's where... I have a different approach, because what happens as we're calling it all in, what happens as we're believing, decreeing, and declaring, what happens when we think that that thing is ours and we're coming to agreement with, with uh, the words that come across this podium? What happens when you're having a great day and all heck breaks loose? You're calling it in, and it's a great day in Jesus' name but it ain't looking great, and you're not feeling great. This is the year we call on in. But that just happens, and you got that phone call. But this is, the, this is, you know, our words shape our world, but our world is in havoc. What, what do we do? What do we do? What happens when you say this is my season and the tsunami hits your family? Here's my point on today. You gotta fight. That's all you got, Pastor A? Yes. And I feel like as Christians, we think that the Lord is going to just allow us to skip through life, have it so easy, have everything just fall into our lap, and we don't have to do any work, and we won't have any struggle, and people won't persecute you, and everybody's going to like you. No. You have to fight for what is yours. And some of y'all are fighting too cute. <laughs> you like this? <laughs> Take that, devil. <laughs> and the Lord is saying on today, 1 Peter 5 8, be alert, yes. pay attention, look out. Your enemy, York includes all of us, right? Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking to take you out. Will he take you out with your faith? Will he take you out with your disposition? Will he take you out by you becoming discouraged? Will he take you out by just shutting you up? My assignment is clear on today. You can't say you're gonna call it all in and you don't have a plan. You cannot, who's ever had or seen a battle and they just, you know what, we gonna do this, we gonna go and fight. What's the plan? Fight, no like, What's the strategy? And when it comes to, watch this, don't shut me out, but it's here. When it comes to spiritual warfare, a lot of you all are just saying, I'm a fight, and there's no plan. And if you want to defeat the enemy, the enemy that's prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. If you want to defeat him, guess what? you got to have a plan. So my, my assignment is simple on today. One, to introduce some of you to weapons you're not aware of. And two, remind others of tools you know about, but they've gotten dusty. I have four strategies that I want to present on today. Remember, our words create our world. And the last time I checked, when it comes to fighting, especially spiritual warfare, you can't do it with a closed mouth. So you're looking at the enemy. He wants to take you out. You see things are not going right, and you're like, mm, mm, mm. That's all you got? Look at your name and say, use your mouth. Use your mouth. We've got to have a plan. Here's my first strategy. It's so simple, but it's gotten dusty. Use his word. Yes. Yes. Not your word, Frederick, use Capital H, capital I, capital S. Use his word. Ephesians 6, 11. Ephesians 6, 11. We're going to go through a lot of scripture because I want you to clearly see that it's found. All these, all these strategies, all these weapons of warfare are found in the word of God. His word. Ephesians 6, 11. The word of God commands us to what? Put on the... The whole armor of God, so that we can stand against the schemes of the enemy. Gird your waist with truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on, shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Put on the shield of hell, the, the shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the. Where's your sword? Do you know how to use your sword? Do you know how sharp your sword is? Do you understand what you have readily available at your fingertips? But you're fighting with your own words. You blankety blank blank blank. Not at the church. Our sword, our sword is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, watch this. If we're not confident, here's the problem, that the scripture is what it says it is, we won't use it. If you believe that it's an antiquated book, you won't use it. If you believe that Tony Robbins and all these motivational speakers, they're the ones who have the answer, you won't use it. You're quoting everybody else. You know what Oprah says. You know what Beyonce says. You know what Les Brown says. You know what everybody else says. But when I ask you, what does the Word say about your situation? His word has power the the word of god is sharper than any two-edged sword did you hear what i just said the word of god is sharper than any two-edged sword hebrews 4 12 don't turn there just drop this down for the word of god is alive and active again sharper than any double-edged sword in matthew 4 jesus is tempted by the enemy He does not use his words. He says, It is written. I need to give y'all coffee. Jesus, who, yeah, maybe, Jesus, the Lamb of, of God, who went on that, that, that Jesus, Jesus, the rock of ages, that, that Jesus, Jesus was tempted. Jesus was well, let me, was tested. Jesus was tested by the enemy. He, the enemy, is like you can have all this. Jesus says, "It is written." So if Jesus uses the word of God as his weapon, what are you using? And what are you doing? but I don't know, you know, You know. I didn't go to seminary. Me either. Well, you know what, I'm not a minister. What? There is blessing in Google, come on somebody. Can we not be so lazy? I said I wasn't, okay, 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 all right. We've got to stop drinking Similac. Dear Pastor A, can you give me a verse for this? No, I cannot. Google it. You've got to learn when it comes to your battle how to use your weapon. And the word of God is available to you and you and you and you and you. And and the word works. How do I use the word? How do I use it? Okay, watch this, watch this. This took me, I promise it took me less than three minutes. You're struggling with discouragement? Guess what I did? Bible verses for discouragement. (laughs) Y'all on. Y'all can make following God and spiritual warfare too deep. You thinking you gotta be on the floor, sliding around, snotting, and then oiling up all your body, just all of it. (laughs) And when I googled Bible verses for discouragement, I came up with Isaiah forty-one ten. Look at this blessing. Look at this. Look at this blessing. Isaiah 4110, fear not, look at that. For I am with you. Be not dismayed. Sim- that's the that, that, synonym for discouraged. <laughs> Don't be scared. I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. Okay, okay, so how do I use this in warfare? When discouragement rises up, and you really you're you're feeling down, and you're and you're feeling like it's not gonna it's not gonna work out, and you just don't know what to do, you're like "Uh uh-uh, no, no, I I I just I'm not coming to agreement with discouragement because it is written in Isaiah 41:10 that I should not fear because the Lord God is with me. I'm not gonna be discouraged because the Lord is with me. The Lord is gonna strengthen me today in Jesus' name. The Lord is gonna help me today in the name of Jesus. The Lord is gonna uphold me and he will uphold me with, my righteous, with his righteous head. So thank you, God, that it's done and it's well and my mind is right in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and say, that's warfare. Quit making it so difficult. Yes. 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 Oh it is written. It is written. Now I said, I said, devil. Uh uh-uh. uh. Thank you. I remember in Acts, in Acts the, um, the, de- the demon said, uh, Look, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know. <laughs> He say he's like, he's like but I don't know who you are and then the man the, the demon just just took a hold of him and they ran away naked you want to be annihilated say I said devil you got that you want me to take you out? I said, devil, you can't have my family. Uh-uh. no. Nope. It is written, devil. Not I said, devil. It is written. Our, I, what, what I have found very, y'all didn't put up my, my number so I can preach as long. Well, I don't preach as long as pastor. Oh, oh. Don't tell him I said that. Don't tell him, DJ. <laughs> it's always a great word. All right. Don't y'all tell him. Okay. <laughs> okay. I gr- I grew up. I grew up having Sunday school, Vacation Bible School, BTU. I don't. I still don't know what that was about. But anyway, um, just a whole lot of church. Okay. And um. One of the things we were required to do was memorize scripture. Uh, at the time, I did not like it. I did not understand. I didn't know why we had to know Psalm 23. We had to know it. But now that I'm 40, do-do-do-do-do, I understand the power of Psalm 23. And I understand that the Lord will wake me up or my anxiety or stress will wake me up in the middle of the night. You don't always have your Bible and you want to turn on the light and stuff. But because I have the word in me, and it's memorized, I can sit in my bed, look up in the dark, and as my heart is aching, say, it is written, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Thank you for making me lie down in green pastures. Thank you, you, for leading me beside still waters. Thank you, thank you, God, for restoring my soul. Thank you for leading me in paths of righteousness righteousness for your name's sake. Thank you for anointing my head with oil and my cup running over. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all of the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. I can meditate on that because I know it. I don't have to read it. I know it. You got to have some weapons in your arsenal. So when the enemy tries to defeat you, you have it is written in your heart. It is written. It is written. First strategy is his word. Say his word. Second strategy, it won't make sense right now, but it's the 4 R's. The 4 R's. Stay with me on this one. The four R's. They are, I'll give it to you first. Repent, renounce, realign, receive. I'll say that one more time. Repent, renounce, realign. Receive. One more time for the Holy Ghost. Repent. <laughs> Renounce. Realign. Uh-huh. And receive. Let me show you how, that, how to use those strategies in your life. We can look at repentance and really think that it's for those who have really done some stuff. You know, that stuff that we don't want to talk about. We think... We think that repentance is, is something that's only for the bad sins. But really, if we are truthful, every day we should repent. <laughs> As my mom-mom would say, every day. Because every day we mess up. So I want us to turn to Psalm 51 and this Psalm is a beautiful example of this warfare strategy. The four R's again are repent, renounce, realign, receive, repent, renounce, realign, receive. Here's what repentance means, I apologize Lord for doing blank. I apologize, Lord, for being mean to my husband. Come on. I apologize, Lord, for giving, uh, waving a special finger on 400. It wasn't hallelujah. I apologize, Lord, for gossiping. See, y'all think it's murder. You think it's all the. Mm -mm. but here's the thing not only do you apologize but repentance means and I changed my direction see a lot of us we say I'm sorry Lord we say I'm sorry on Monday and Tuesday we right back in it but repentance is I apologize Lord actually here and then I'm going towards the cross. I'm pursuing the, 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 the truth that's found in the cross. So Psalm 51 verse verse 1 and 3, here is David. David has just had an affair with Bathsheba. Bathsheba was already married. Bathsheba had a husband that was in battle. Thank you, AB team. They ha- She had a, a husband in battle. He had relations with Bathsheba. While her husband was at war. She says, uh-oh, David. He says, mm-mm. He tries to get the husband back. Come, come and, uh, just come back and enjoy your wife. He doesn't do it. He sleeps at David's door. He's like, God, dog, he still didn't go. So he takes him back. So he's like, go back to battle. Make sure you take him out. Okay, I just gave you the Cliff Notes version. Go back and read. All right? That was good? So he's dead, she's pregnant, and he thinks everything is everything because he's David and he's the king, and he's feeling himself, okay? Nathan the prophet comes along, presents this scenario that's like David's, and he's like, ooh, if somebody did that, I would not allow it. He's like, you the one? Uh, This is the synopsis. (laughs) He's like, it's you! And then Psalm 51 is birth. Look at verse one. Look at the repentance. He says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness. Forgive me. Forgive me. Do you see that? According to your multitude of tender mercies, will you just take out all my junk? Can we not be too prideful as Christians and think we have it all together and we don't have daily conversations like this and say, you know what, God? I didn't I didn't treat her right today. Will you will you have mercy on me because of my mouth? Will you have mercy on me because of my stank attitude? Will you have mercy on me because I I just think I know everything? According to the multitude of your tender mercy, forgive me. Not this cute blanket. I'm sorry. You understand. Oh, forgive me. So I asked Quad before I could. Quad is our 15-year-old son, and I asked him about this this um, story before I, w- I said I would present it. Because I just never want to embarrass our kids. And um, <laughs> some church people, some, but this they all and not be nice, so, um, not y'all, just. (laughs) So this week, he was supposed to do something that he didn't do that he told his dad he was gonna do. And so his dad gave him a project over the summer. Quad said, got it, Dad, I'll take care of it. (laughs) Pastor asked Quad, Well, you know, what's the update about the project? Have you done it? He's like, uh, well, you know, school started. I got busy. Um, I had some summer work that had to finish. You know, I had lacrosse practice. So I'm watching pastor. You know, it's like I had had popcorn. So I'm watching this dialogue, (laughs) and I'm thinking, well, how is he going to get out of this? What's going to happen? So Quad is just... Sweat pellets are beginning to run down as he's thinking about what's going to happen. And this is one statement I won't forget. pastor said, if you had just owned it and told me the truth, you wouldn't be punished. May I say to some of you on today, you can call it in all you want to. You can decree and declare to the moon and back. But there's some stuff you got to get right with your daddy. And he's saying on today, I'm I'm just waiting for you to own it. And when you own it, I'm ready to bless you. He's ready to bless you. That's not the thats not the issue. But you're wondering why your blessings are clogged. You're wondering why it's so hard. You're wondering why it's taking you so long to get to the other side. Could it be he's just waiting for you to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I didn't do it right. Lord, I kept you out. Lord, I did this wrong. I cheated here. I lied here. I stole this. I said this. He's just looking for you to own your stuff. to make time to repent. Number two, and then you renounce. Let the church say renounce. Renounce just simply means to reject it. I don't want to be that. I don't come into agreement with that anymore. That's the old nature. That's not me. I'm not her. I'm not going to scheme. I'm not going to sleep my way to the top. I'm not her. Why do we act like God doesn't know what we do? Blows my mind. Maybe he won't find out. It's not a surprise to him. Because when you are a child of the king, he's in the sin with you. So are you taking your daddy to contaminated places? Renounce it rejected. I don't want to be her anymore because why? I'm a daughter of the king. Act like it. I'm a child of the king. Act like it. This is found in Psalm 51, 2. Look at the renunciation. Wash me. Yes, sir, Percival. He didn't say rinse me off. He didn't say, like, sprinkle a little something on me. Give me a wet one. Give me some sanitizer. He said, wash me thoroughly. All of my junk, wash me. All of my imperfection, wash me. So I look like you. Wash me. Wash me. David is saying, I don't want to be who I was. I want to represent you. Renounce. Renounce. Then realign. Realign means to change your ideas so that they are the same as his. Change your ideas, change your position, change your motives so that they are like his, not what I would do, but your will be done. huh. So, so you're just saying, you're saying, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the way I used to be. I want to realign because I've repented. I'm realigning to the cross. You get it? Let me show you that in scripture. 51, Psalm 51, 10. Are you getting something from this? Amen. Look at the realignment. Oh, God. When he showed me this stuff yesterday, it just blessed me so. Realignment. He says, create. Wait a minute. A creation means it comes from nothing. So the heart that he had. He's saying, I, I don't want, I don't want that heart, because that heart was malicious, that heart was associated with a murderer, that heart was associated with an adulterer. Create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me, oh God. Realign me to the cross so that you will be pleased. This is warfare. Because guess what? The enemy isn't always the devil, it's sometimes you. And me too, me too, me too, me too, we sabotage ourselves. Realign, realign. Woo, I feel the power of God. Okay. Creating me a clean heart. David just wanted, he wanted a heart that's found. You don't have to turn here. But it's found in Ezekiel 36, 26. It says in Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone. That stony heart that thinks it knows everything. That's too big to say, God, I did it wrong and I did it without you. He says that they would take that stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. Last one is receive, receive. What are the four R's? Repent. Uh Uh-huh. The last, it's just simple. Now you can. Now you can call it in. Okay. 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 Do you see the warfare tactic? We repent. We renounce. We realign. Now you can call it in. Now you can receive because you have his heart. And you are turned the right way. Receive his promise. So it's not until he got it right with God that he could say in verse 18 of Psalm 51, he says, now God, do good in your pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem, God. I'm believing you to build some stuff in my life, oh God, cause I got right with you. Uh, Warfare tactics. Number one is his word. Number two are the four R's. Do you see how to use that? All right, good. Number three, plead the blood. These are warfare, we're using our words. Am Am I saying all this stuff in my head? You take some time. I have my best warfare moments in my car on my way to get quad, Or if I'm just, I'll take the long way home. I'll go in the closet. Come on, somebody. The the boys are out and I'm in the kitchen going around the island. And I just begin to plead the blood. Watch, but here's, okay. Settle down, girl. Okay. I understand the power of the blood. I understand it. Okay. Take, look, look with me with Exodus 12, Exodus 12, verses 13 through 14. Pleading the blood is not begging. Okay? Oh, God, please, Jesus. Please, Jesus. No, it's not groveling. We're king's kids. We don't have to grovel. Did you hear what I just said? We can plead the blood of Jesus because we believe in its power. Let out. Okay. So in Exodus 12, verse 13, it, sh- it says, Now the blood should be assigned for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will. And the plague shall not. Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't reading right. Y'all not reading and getting excited because you don't understand what that. Uh, I said it's written. Didn't I just say there's power? Okay. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. Okay, so he's talking to the Israelites. All right, all right. And when I see the blood, this is the Lord. He's like, okay, I'm about to annihilate everything that's not under me. But those that have the blood on the doorpost, you are protected, you are covered, you are secure. Because when I see the blood, I'm like, okay, they're with me. <laughs> okay, they're with me. He says, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land. I'm coming. Don't get that twisted. I'm coming. And some of the people that don't have the blood will be annihilated. But here's the, but those that have the blood on their doorposts, they will be protected because, remember, our words create our world. If we believe that the blood still works, if we believe that the blood still has power, if we believe that the blood protects, if we believe that the blood delivers, if we believe that the blood saves, you have the right to plead it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. Pleading, let me, let me try this this way. Pleading is a legal term. When you have an attorney, you can plead three things, right? Innocent, guilty, no contest. That right, Gary? All right. No contest means you just like, we ain't gonna talk about it, basically. Right? I'd have to go to law school, see? That's in the natural. In the natural, when you're trying to win your case, stay with me, you have to present evidence, you have to have witnesses. You have to have photos. You have to have specialists. You have to have all of these things to determine whether you are guilty, not guilty, or no contest. All of these things determine what will be your fate. But watch this. Not only that, but then you have jewelry. And they may not like you. They may not like how you look. They may not like how you dress. They may have a certain slant toward a certain ethnicity. So whatever they think determines your fate. Say that's in the natural. But when you plead the blood, (laughs) there is no not guilty. There is no innocent. there is no guilty there is no no contest. Whatever the situation is you just look at it I plead the blood and because the blood of Jesus covers it the enemy has to pass over it. Happening in this world with all that's happening in these schools every day, I plead the blood of Jesus over Jordan, I plead the blood of Jesus over Quad, I plead the blood of Jesus over my husband, I plead the blood of Jesus over our property, I plead the blood of Jesus over this church, I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind, I plead the blood of Jesus over my car, I plead the blood of Jesus over my finances, I plead, I plead, I plead, I plead the blood. And I plead it because I know the power that resonates in it. I don't plead it just because it's something cute. I plead it because of its power. My my grandma would say, there's power. Power. Come on. Wonder-working power. Where in the Ah. Want you to get some some things in your mind, some prayer points in your mind. Just so again, we're giving you strategy, me you strategy. Think about it, think about it, th- and begin to just plead the, blood, plead the 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 blood. Ah, thank you, Lord. Ooh, the blood provides protection because remember when they saw the blood passed over. If that's not protection, I don't know what is. But watch this. The blood provides a means of deliverance. Because Pharaoh's yoke was destroyed. The people were released from bondage overnight because of You, you got some things, you, you got some pharaohs in your life? You got some things you need to be delivered from? Plead the blood. Plead the blood. Plead the blood. Plead the blood. I plead the blood over every attack of the enemy that's attempting to block our forward progress in the name of Jesus. I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over our resources, and we are grateful. Uh, here's my last one and we're we're leaving. Four warfare strategies using our words. First one was his word. Second were the four. Third was here's the fourth one. Your heavenly language. I didn't grow up, honestly, believing in tongues. Uh, But I have to say, it was, when I look back in life, it was just out of tradition. We didn't do it, so I didn't do it. You know how you go to churches, you don't even know why you do what you do? do? You just know that's what you do? So I didn't know why we wore white gloves. It's just what we do but that didn't mean Communion was extra anointed. We got, we we do a lot of things out of tradition. We have a lot of beliefs because that's how we always do it. So I didn't know about tongues because it was just for them. And I grew up in a very, very, very um, uh, conservative church. And so I go to college, and you know, I, there are some people, because I'm associated now with different denominations, and it's not about denomination either. Tong- tongue. Okay, this is not a tongue sermon, but tongues is not designated for the Pentecostals. Or those extra holy. Or when you really feel God. Then you get an it. I mean, what is that word? Anyway. (laughs) Words of warfare. It will be um, beneficial for you to really take time and meditate in 1 Corinthians 14. Because Paul is giving instructions on how to... um, And and Pastor Robles is doing an excellent job in School of Supernatural. And we talked about tongues um, for a couple of weeks now, so I'm not going to go into that side of it. Let me just say this: that passage, that chapter, is talking about how it should be handled in a church setting. He is say he is not saying don't speak in tongues. When you read it, he's saying it is more beneficial for the edification of the congregation as a whole that we all prophesy. But in your quiet place, or if I'm worshiping in the sanctuary, in church, it's okay to speak in tongues. And even if you speak in tongues corporately, and maybe someone gets up and has a word in their heavenly language, there should be someone to interpret. But he is not saying that it's wrong. Okay, all right. Go study that, though. So I'm, I'm quite clear that some of you, you may tune me out at this point. That's okay. That's okay. You're missing a powerful strategy. Why? Because we sometimes get in our own way when it comes to words that we declare and things we pray. Stay with me. Oh God, I need this job. Oh God, this job is for me. I declare it, it's mine in the name of Jesus. Spend time, test me. Spend time in your heavenly language praying about that situation. Watch this. Ask the Lord for an interpretation. The interpretation isn't, Christine, you shall not. Take this job. <laughs> Let the church say too deep. too deep. Spend time praying in your heavenly language. Watch what happens. You then start feeling like, man, I don't know what it is. It's your interpretation coming into fruition. That's what it is. But I just, it's not resting well. See, what happens, when you speak in your heavenly language, you are now shutting you out. Your fleshly desires are now put on the shelf. Your way, your will, your wants. You are now, your spirit is now communing with the Holy Spirit, and y'all are having dialogue. And as you're having dialogue, because you're now asking for an interpretation, you do get one. Because I expect the word to do what it says it's going to do. Yeah. Let, me, let me just put a little scripture with it. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. I know we need to go. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Here it is. Read this out loud for me. For if I. Praise my. Praise. But my. You're not going to know what you're saying. You're going to think it sounds ridiculous. initially, but when you begin to utilize it, it's like, I now know when I'm warring because I get oh no, I just get uh, Yeah, aggressive. I'm like, "Well, I'm by side of. I do this by myself." <laughs> but, you, I'm stomping around the kitchen. Yeah, my kitchen is like my place. Uh, you know, but I, I begin to get aggressive and like combative. Got my camouflage. And then sometimes, like as I was praying for you all, I, I wasn't praying for you all in the natural, but I'm, I'm praying in my heavenly language. And your, your faces appear. I don't know what I was praying for. Watch this. You don't need to know. There are some things that you just need to be obedient to do. And believe that the Lord will answer. Believe the Lord will use you to intercede. Believe that your, watch this, that your tongue will be your weapon of warfare. Because there are some things that you'll be scared to pray. But because you're using your heavenly language. The warrior in you rises up, and you begin to fight for what you don't even know you are about to face. Ask me how I know. It works. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It works. It works. The, the power of your heavenly language works. I want to give, give you this, this last thing. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Uh, told you about the interpretation. Where did I get that? That was 1 Corinthians 14:13. Um, watch this. Romans 8:26, and we'll go. Romans 8:26. Likewise. See There are situations in my life I don't even know what to pray anymore. Anybody know, I tried this prayer. Then I, I went this direction. Then I re- repented, renounced, realigned, <laughs> received. Then I did hit, it is written. Uh-huh. Then I pleaded the blood. I'm doing all of these different strategies, but there is not movement. And you guess what? Then you get tired. And you get discouraged. And then you just stop praying. Because you don't know what else to say. Romans 826 for we don't know what we should pray but who the spirit himself says girl I got you because you you don't even have it you, you, the human side of you the emotional side of you you don't even know what else to pray so all I need to do is to hook up to me plug into my power Tap into the supernatural. Use your prayer language, and I will give you instruction. Yes. Uh, last thing. First Corinthians 14:15. So then, should I just pray in tongues? Yes. Should I still pray in, in English? Yes. I'll pray with the Spirit. I'll pray with understanding. Yeah. I'll sing in the spirit. Yeah. I'll sing with understanding. Yeah. Come on. If you play quietly for me. You have weapons. Yes. 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 One is his word. You have the four R's. You can plead the blood. You can can use his name. There are so many weapons that we have readily available to us. I was convicted on the last one on tongues because I know I don't use my heavenly language like I should. I think I, I need to, it should be a daily thing that I use because I don't always I don't, not, you don't even have to always know what to pray. It's the perfect prayer. You see what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you're wanting to get out the way so that His will can be accomplished. And I'm thinking that some of you, You've heard about tongues, you've witnessed it here at the church, you've heard us give the, the invitation to be filled, you've heard that a number of times, but some of you, you've become like, oh, am I going to look silly? What? Nobody's looking at you. And you rather look, be a fool for Christ or worry about what this person thinks who can't do for you what he can do. Watch this. We don't get you filled. We assist you with opening up the gift. Because it's available to every single one of us. What I did at the beginning of when I first began to pray in, in my heavenly language, what I, what I, I would crank up the, the worship music so I wouldn't hear me. Because then when I hear me, I begin, didn't I just say that? You get it? Cause I'm like Didn't I just say Like, what does that mean? You know, I just, I begin to <laughs> critique my. I'm trying to help you. Or you start out with I mean, you don't. But I liken it to a toddler, exactly. A toddler doesn't come out like, hey girl, how you doing? How's life? Yeah, I believe that the square root of, you know, you have to, (laughs) you have to be, you have to continue to um, develop your spiritual language. Okay. I believe someone wants to be filled. But here's the thing that I want to do. Um, Because I don't want the per, I want, I don't want the persons to feel like, uh, uh, point it out. So we're going to corporately do it. How's that? Uh, so I think we need to hold on, um, Tim. Because I think we need something a little more. Let's do okay. Let's just do to worship you I live. Okay? Alright. Okay. Um, what do you want to do, Lord? If you, who has a prayer line? you? You, you have a prayer language. You lift your hands high so I can see you. Okay. All right. Will you stand up? Just stand up. If you have a prayer language, if you have a prayer language, stand up, stand up. Stand up. Stand up. All right. If you want to be filled, go near someone. If you want to be filled, will you lift your hand and go near them? Okay, good. All right. So you see her?